something to my name, like the rock and roll singer by Trey Jen. So about individual longing for happiness. So that was exactly the whole idea about eighteen、uh, nine. On one hand, we were loyal to the society, and at the same time, we started to ask, "What is freedom?" Everything changed in the early hours of June fourth, when the People's Liberation Army tanks and trucks advanced through central Beijing. That's when the shooting began. Troops have been firing indiscriminately, but still there are thousands of people on the streets who will not move back. The bicycle rickshaws scooped up the injured. Others were shunted onto bikes and pedaled to hospital. The BBC's Kate Aidy witnessed it all. Young people were singing the Internationale to a background of gunfire. After hours of shooting. And facing a line of troops, the crowd is still here. They're shouting, "Stop the killing and down with the government!" A huge volley of shots just as I left the front line caused panic. The young man in front of me fell dead. I fell over him. Two others were killed yards away. Two more people lay wounded on the ground near me. The party blamed the Tiananmen movement on anti-China foreign forces, seizing on the idea that the protest movement was a conspiracy by Western governments to weaken and divide China. Rowena He. Right after Tiananmen, the idea about anti-China foreign forces was used to legitimize to have a good reason to say why we. Had to coin over two hundred thousand army soldiers with AK forty seven machine guns and tanks against peacefully protesting students and citizens, and that's when the nationalism, the patriotic education program, was coming in, and and they successfully cultivated a new generation, right,、uh, that could not distinguish between the regime and the nation. That change in the party's language is long lasting. It's the same language the party uses today to describe the recent protests in the Chinese territory of Hong Kong. First, during the Umbrella Movement in 2015, and then again in 2019. The New York Times' Chris Buckley lived and worked in China for three decades and watched that shift in language. How any opposition was explained? I think these days that you know the the way in which dissent is denounced is framed is more about being a sort of a A traitor to the nation, and so it's much more now about sort of insulting China by criticizing the Communist Party, for example, or being a tool of so-called hostile foreign forces who are seen as subverting the Chinese nation and its rise in the world. So broadly, I think you see this shift from thinking of it at, at least broadly in terms of class and and class enemies into these terms of sort of enemies of the nation. And traitors to the nation, even. There's no official death toll stating how many were killed around Tiananmen Square in 1989. That's another one of the party's secrets. Open discussions surrounding that collective call for democracy and the party's bloody response remain off limits. One of the taboos that harkens back to the 100 Flowers Movement and the crackdown and scared silence it created. Even if they're not actively discussed, some events in China 
have very long strands of memory. After the shooting stopped, the economic reforms barreled on. Deng Xiaoping stepped down, making way for a new leader, Jiang Zemin. In time, he came out with his own slogan that would change the party, ultimately changing the face of China. Jiang Zemin walks to the podium. His message, the Communist Party must change or die. It must embrace the market and welcome capitalists into its ranks. No longer is this just the party of the proletariat. Private entrepreneurs, professionals and members of other social strata are all builders of socialism with Chinese characteristics. As its 16th Congress opened, the formulation this time had an awkward name, the three represents, but it contained an explosive idea. The party needed to be at the forefront of economic and cultural developments, so it should allow the people leading those fields into its ranks. Suddenly, millionaires could become card-carrying communists. Jiang Zemin was trying to engineer this big political shift in which the Communist Party ended its decades-long enmity with the capitalist class, with entrepreneurs, and began to selectively at least absorb them into the party. And at the same time, began making a big effort to incorporate academics and professionals who'd been heavily involved in the 1989 protests in many ways, began absorbing them into the party as well. These are Beijing's beautiful people. Actresses, designers, traders, gathered at a hip bar, flushed with their own wealth and success. This could be Hong Kong or Tokyo. They're living a life of glamour and consumption that only a decade ago was undreamt of in China. I am the 